the backfield and drilled. Again, 13's there to make the tackle. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Strike three called, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. Sunset College! Underdog! And then one! Exclamation point! The brakes. Now, your hosts, KLIN contributor Cole Stukenholtz and sports director Caleb Henry. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. It is a, it's going to be a busy morning. We've got a lot to get to. We, of course, have some, uh, I mean, if, if we're doing a show, there's a Nebraska basketball transfer one way, that, one way or the other, right? Yeah, that's that's been just about every week so far. Yep. So we'll we'll let you know who that is and what the Huskers are getting this time around. And the non-con schedule is out and it's it's finalized, mm-hmm. as opposed to last year when they had what two days before the season started, it was finalized. Well, you you had now that, but you also had the, the golden window, oh. uh, which then long be, live the golden window. Long, they're going to have another multi-team event. Yes, um, which I'm going to just call the golden window. Absolutely. Let Let's the golden window live forever. Absolutely. Uh, so we've got that. We will get to uh, position preview as well. We're going to talk D-line. Uh, but before we get to that, we actually have a member of said defensive line along with an outside linebacker here in studio. Uh, we're excited to have Ben Stilley and JoJo Doman here with us on the KLIN Husker Hour this morning. Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. I was like, "Where are you? Are you the guest?" <laughs> you know, sometimes there's there's Literally. a symbiotic relationship. It's fine. We're nervous because these dudes are bigger than us. Dude, in here. you're bigger than me. Well, yeah, you're they're, you're relatively the same. There's there's three Division One athletes in the room, and then there's me and Kenny. You you can just keep pumping my ego. That's fine. That's fine. No, I you don't ever say it, so I'll say it for you. All, All right. right. So the reason you guys are in here is because part of the name, image, likeness, and one of the parts that we've liked to focus on is that there are all these cool opportunities you guys have that you didn't have before and and one of them is something you guys are going to be doing in a week and holding a camp um to me part of the coolest thing about this is one your guys's names can be on there um you go to what is it benstilly95.com yeah slash camps for the details so there's literally your name is in the website that's not a thing that could be done before um, and then what you guys are doing with the camp is it's for both boys and girls, correct? Seven, seven to thirteen. So it's not just hey, get some of you guys come out and let's just talk with the boys. This looks like a really, really cool event. How did you guys put this together? Like, what are you guys going to be doing next weekend? In the history of college athletics, this is a first of its kind thing within the first couple weeks of the NIL era. When you put it like that, it sounds pretty dope. <laughs> it it is. Yeah. It is. But, yeah, so I guess how it put together was Stilly came out to Colorado Springs with me and trained during the spring and got to know my family. And that's why you're an hour off on the time this morning. And that is why yeah. I'm off. Got to be. <laughs> but, yeah, so then when NIL like talk started happening, um, we I guess we didn't fully believe like it was going to go through. And when it did, Stilly, Stilly came – I remember Stilly came up to me. He's like, we doing this? And I was like, <laughs> ah, yeah, we could do this. So, um we started putting it together, scrapping things together, uh, getting getting my uh, mom 
Teddy Dorman, who's a saint. Just shout out Teddy. Yeah, shout out Teddy. Working hard every day, like calling us when we're getting out of workouts, trying to go to bed, hang out with our girlfriends, and my mom's calling us about the camp. So she's been working nonstop on this thing. So we honestly couldn't do it without our support system, without both uh, both our families who are passing out flyers like as we speak and um, are doing all the things behind the scenes to make this thing happen. So this camp will be next weekend. Obviously, I just went over kind of some of the rough details, but where is it going to be? What are the things you guys are going to be doing? What do, what do some of these, these campers get out of it? Registration fee? All all of the, the nitty-gritty details that is fun. We get to talk to you guys about one, one of these camps as opposed to some Like, it's cool to see the Friday Night Lights camps and all the stuff go to Memorial Stadium. Right. This is cool to see you guys put this on on your own. So just what, what, what are some of those details? What, are, what can the campers look forward to in a week? Yeah, so we're gonna. It's gonna be at Speedway Sports Complex, um, and really, we're just we're looking to, um, with this age group, um, looking to have you know just a good time with the kids. Um, really, be able to you know connect with them on a, a more personal level than they see us just on the TV, um, and have some some interaction that way, and just really bridge the gap um, between between us and them, and um, you know just some some floating heads on the TV. So that'll be. Um, I think good for them. Um, that was something as a kid that I would have enjoyed for sure, being able to do something like this. With with the opening up of the, the NIL stuff, which we're going to dig into a little bit here, this is something that you guys have obviously you've been kind of thinking about a little bit before July 1st, as opposed to kind of maybe what the NCAA was thinking. They, they kind of waited till the last minute. Uh, how prepared do you feel like you were now, now seeing how everything has kind of played out in the last 10 days or so. Yeah, more prepared than I thought I was. Okay. Um, the University of Nebraska definitely has done a great job of educating us beforehand before they even knew it was going to go through. Like, yeah. just in case this happens, this is, this is how we're playing our cards. Um, this is what you have to look for. This is what you want to be doing. This is how you want to be positioning yourself for the next two months. So when July 1st hits and if it goes through, you're in a better place than – you thought you were Ben. yeah there's still uh i mean there's definitely an aspect of that that um the university did a great job um setting us up i think way way more than um probably other universities um but there's definitely still no matter how prepared you are with all this i think there's still an aspect of it that you know there's still a huge learning curve like you really just got to dive into it and that wasn't possible until july 1st to really you know get um all the way dove into it um so i think that was a that's a, it's been a learning curve since then, but um, we definitely had a good jump on some other universities. Yeah, and to that point, you guys, I mean, there's guys who've played with you that have transferred elsewhere or guys you played with in high school or around your high school that, you know, play elsewhere. And talking to some of those guys or just seeing, you know, through your social media, how do you feel like Nebraska set themselves up compared to some of the experience of these other guys? Yeah, off the rip, it was they were preaching like build your brand uh-huh. um introduce yourself to the social media world um as even though it's sometimes a place it can be a place where it's just like a highlight reel um they were encouraging us to really allow our followers to get to know us you know align with your morals and values on your social media so that when this opportunity comes that it comes naturally um personally i'm China, I'm, I'm partnering with Chick-fil-A at South Point Pavilion, and that's a perfect fit because Charlie Colin and I just, we see eye to eye on the things that matter. Mm-hmm. And because of that fact, I have this opportunity to partner with them. They're going to help me. I'm going to help them. Rather than just, you know, tweeting at people 
uh, rocking in someone's DMs and be like, yo, represent me. And like, there's no connection. There's no relationship. Yeah. Um, it's all money. So uh, I think what the university did do on purpose or on accident is they set us up to align with brands that we align with, which will which will help us in six months from now and 12 months from now when I'm done playing football here and I still have these connections. I wish you'd have brought some of those little chicken uh, sliders for breakfast with hey. you. That would have been awesome. <laughs> they'll, they'll, be at, they'll be at the camp Saturday. Ah, there you go. Yes, sir. So you have to come by, grab yeah, a yeah. sandwich. Has anything surprised you guys over the last week? Obviously, there's been the Miami football team. There's the, like the $500 per right. scholarship player. You've, you've seen that out there. Um, on the women's basketball side at Fresno State, there are the, those twins who were in Times Square on like day one. Um, and then it goes all the way down to the smaller stuff. You've got within the own athletic department, Lexi Sun's got her logo on a sweater. You've got people selling art. There, It's all over the board, and you guys are doing a camp. Has there been anything that's surprised you guys or through the university and Open Doors, did they say kind of, hey, anything's possible as soon as this does become a thing you can do? Yeah, I think um, the opportunities um, are really endless, and it's really, um, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be new, unique things that come up. It's really, um, a lot of it's on the athletes to, you know, be uh, be creative and see how they can come up <clears throat> with different ideas. Um, so I think that'll, that's, you're going to continue to see a lot of uh, new things come up in the future here. What has been the reaction that you guys, because obviously you're trying to build that brand, so for some people... They have to be more active on social media to, to build that presence. What's been the reaction that you guys have seen on social media? Because from listening to uh, Adrian's podcast, that Athletes Unfiltered, he talked about how sometimes there would just be a 15-second highlight clip from one of the practices go up, and there's always some dude who's like, well, why don't you guys catch the ball a little bit more? Maybe try to win some games instead of playing dodgeball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there, there's always going to be those comments under any post right but what has been the reaction you guys have seen from announcing the camp and and the opportunities and working with chick-fil-a yeah um from my experience people seem to be pretty excited i don't really haven't seen much backlash or negativity on my feed so i think um first of all there's no place for that um and those people hiding behind a screen just spreading hate just obviously are filling a void within themselves so uh, even if there was that towards our camp or anything that we're doing um, in our lives, like you can never give that power over your over your consciousness, like that that can never affect you. Um, we're playing in front of ninety thousand people. Uh, they're either all screaming for you or they're all screaming against you, and you still have to go out there and line up and play the next play. So, as you know, like it's all uh, praise and blame is all the same. Ninety thousand people. You guys are. 49 days away from the start of the season. It's a road game. But then you guys come back with Fordham and 90,000 people who've waited two years to get inside there. Obviously, you guys had 30,000 plus at the spring game. That probably felt closer to a full house than you guys had had. But like, it was still the spring game. You get to the fall. Like, How juiced are you guys right now, seven weeks out from the season, eight weeks out from being at Memorial Stadium on a game day that hasn't been the same in two years. Yeah, I think it'll be something that's pretty special for our fans. Um, you know, they they breed, uh, they lead for this stuff. Um, and, you know, it's been a long wait for them to just uh, be in the stadium and have the same same energy uh, towards 
towards the the game. So um, I think it'll be something that'll be good for them. It'll be good for us. Be good for the new guys um, on the team that have. I mean, there's guys that have been here for a couple of years that I haven't even experienced it. Um, so it'll be exciting for them to actually um, play in front of them. I think Travis Vokalek was saying the other day he hasn't played in front of ninety thousand, and he's been here um, for three years, right? But he redshirted in mm-hmm. two years, so. Um, It'll be it'll be interesting for for a lot of guys, and I'm excited for them. That's Ben Stilley, JoJo Doman, also in studio with us here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Let's transition a little bit into the field, and and let's start here with both of you are going to be in what I'm calling your super senior year. You guys had an opportunity to do something else. The COVID year gave you the chance to to use one more year of eligibility. Both of you chose to come back. Why? Unfinished business is. Plain and simple. I wanted, I want to, I want to look back on this time in 10, 20 years, and know that I gave everything I had to this program. Uh, to to be here and to play here was a dream come true for me, and I just want to fulfill that. How about you, Ben? Yeah, um, this wouldn't wouldn't really sit right with a, a lot of us that um, came back, just not leaving this place in a, in a higher place than we found it. Um, our freshman year, since our true freshman year. Um, haven't really seen any sort of success since then. Um, and not that we had a ton to do with that, um, that year. So I'm really just trying to leave this place, um, the pile higher than we found it. What does it say that not only you two, but three other guys, one of them who's unfortunately going to be out for the season now, but three other guys did the same thing. You all made that same decision to come back. Um, even Cam Taylor Britt, a guy who had maybe NFL, uh, possibilities, he chose to come back as well. Your defense is stacked with a lot of experience, a lot of guys at important positions who could have gone and, and moved on. What does that say about the the group of guys that you have and, and maybe the outlook for the 2021 defense? Yeah, we care. We want to win. We want to we wanna be on top. We want to leave this place better than we found it, like Ben said. So to have a group of men that are all on that same page is powerful, and I'm excited to see – I'm excited to see what happens this fall, man. The sky's the limit. We're holding ourselves to a higher standard than we have since I've been here, and I'm really looking forward to it. Awesome. Yeah, that's uh, JoJo Doman, Ben Stilley here as well. They're uh, going to be in for one more segment. They're running a camp next weekend uh, over at Speedway Village. Uh, check that out at B Stilly. Is it? Ben Stilly Ben 95.95. slash camps. Ben Stilly 95. I, I keep forgetting the slash camps. But. Slash camps. Yes. There you go. Uh, both of these guys are going to be joining us for another segment. Uh, we'll transition to a little bit on the field stuff. We've got a lightning round ready for them. Uh, we're going to be having some fun here for the next few uh, few minutes here, so stick around on the KLI on Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. Rolling along here on your Saturday morning, 1400 KLIN and 99.3 FM. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. And in studio with us, a couple of black shirts, a couple of super senior black shirts, JoJo Doman, Ben Stilley. Uh, they've got a lot going on with uh, the NIL stuff, which we touched on, but they're going to be on the field in 49 days. Uh, and let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, 2020, you had a, a pretty good end of that season with that Rutgers finish. Uh, you got the win. Uh, what is the trajectory like? You guys have been in the weight room through the winter. You've been through the you know spring practices, through the summer here. What does the trajectory feel like inside the program right now? Yeah, I think ultimately we're um, 
We're striving as a defense. Um, I can speak for the defense more so, um, just for for consistency. Um, really, just to improve on that. Um, I mean, that's going to be the goal, regardless of the side of the ball you're on. But um, defense is even more critical. Um, we don't get to punt the ball. Um, we're not consistent, then uh, that means points for the other team. And um, so, I mean, definitely uh, something we're going to strive for, just to be uh, playing and play out. Um, everyone doing their job. So, yeah. did, go ahead, JoJo. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, we have an interesting team dynamic this year. We have so many young, young, optimistic, hopeful uh, young men in our locker room. Then we have some old heads that have been here um, and know what hasn't worked and know what probably could work. And just it's an interesting dynamic, like bringing everybody together, getting on the same page, uh, defining our mission and what we want to what we want to accomplish this year. So today, and, and as we build up to the season, we do our position previews each week. This week, we're looking at the defensive line. So, Ben, thanks for bringing JoJo along with you. Um, <laughs> but so I bring my little brother with me. <laughs> so, Ben, for, for you, obviously, you're someone that we're going to talk about up front. But who else is making strides? Who else do you see making an impact? And then for JoJo, you get a little bit of a different view of those guys on the defensive line from from where you're at. Yep. Um, wh- what do you see from those guys in your vantage point? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I'll just go down the line. Damian Daniels has a chance this year to become, you know, he, he showed some good spurts last year, and I think he's got a, a chance to establish himself as the dominant O-stackle this year. Um, Ty Robinson and Casey Rogers, you know, they're both um, kind of came on the scene last year, getting their first, um, getting their feet wet, and um, really showed some positive things. It's the same thing with any young guy. Um, for them, as they get older, is just trying to be more consistent, um, and and that'll be the the task for them, and in really establishing themselves. Um, DeAndre Thomas was hurt a lot last year, and so he'll be able to give us some some positive reps for sure. Uh, I think your biggest. Uh, difference from last year to this year will be Jordan Riley um made some good strides in the in the spring for sure he uh he had some injury things in fall camp and stuff that just didn't allow him to get the reps he needed to really you know make the jump from Juco ball to this level um body composition wise he's changed a good amount in the off season so I think he'll be moving better too and I'm so excited to see that yeah and then we're in a lot of four down now with nickel with the nickel hybrid right here so uh, having Caleb Tanner, Faldarius Payne, and Garrett Nelson off the edge, I'm really excited to see what those guys do. They've all progressed, I mean, leaps and bounds since last season. Like, I'm really excited for those guys. We should, I'm anticipating, I'm anticipating the ball out quick this year. I'm really keying in on the quarterback with a, because we have a solid D line and nice edge rusher, edge rusher. So it's exciting. There's newcomers as well who, you know, still have a ways to go. They're learning the playbook. They're, they're going to figure things out, but, uh, any anybody that has caught your eye so far in terms of just you know guys who are just getting inside the program that that Husker fans are going to know as household names in a couple years? Yeah, um, I mean as far as the guy we brought up yesterday, it's just freaky athletic. Is Kalarvik, um, Chris uh, Kalarvik can yeah. really move well um, for his for anybody's size, but um, yeah, he moves extremely well. Um, pass it to Joe. I can't yeah, and then I mean if we're moving away from D line, I think Miles Farmer. Man, is oh, sure. he's got swag. Man, he, he he's made some plays Northwestern last year. Like I was so happy to call that he was going to get an interception. Then he's like, "How's about two? <laughs> yeah, how about two? <laughs> right." So I'm really excited to see uh, what that. We got some young secondary guys. Noah Pollard, Gates, Q. Um, really excited to see how those guys step up and how they complement us. And it takes an army to win a war. So 
it's going to be more than just like the the eleven guys on the field. Like we got to be fifteen, sixteen, seventeen guys deep if we want to make a deep run. So yeah. we're we're excited about everything that's going to happen this fall. But this seems inevitable, whether it's at someone's high school or in college athletics. They're always building something new that is like, oh, that's really exciting. I don't really get to take that in or enjoy that. And then obviously the uh, Ireland game got pushed back a year. What is, what are you guys most excited about for the, the younger athletes on your team, but also across the Husker Athletic Department at the opportunities they're going to have beyond this next year? Name, image, likeness is going to be a little bit more fleshed out. They're going to have that that go big project there's going to be a lot there on on east stadium and around campus what, what are you guys most excited about that you got to be around for the groundwork and then you get to come back and look and go oh hey that looks like that would have been fun to use yeah i think the facilities for sure will be uh, a highlight of uh, coming back to see um they, they just the the drawings and stuff for that that we've seen have been um pretty crazy um i really do think the the nio stuff will have a an overall net positive impact um I know there's some negative connotation with it, but um, I think overall, by and far, it'll be positive for these young guys. Yeah, I guess I just hope that um, these guys aren't constricted by any limitations. Um, limitations of not being able to capitalize off their name, image, likeness. Limitations of not having the best facilities in the country. Like, to be in a place where everything's a green light, like, that's, that's exciting, and, that's, and that, that really cultivates uh, growth. So, yeah, definitely an exciting time to be a Husker. JoJo Doman, Ben Stilley in studio with us here this morning. A couple of black shirts on the KLI and Husker Hour. In, in terms of coaching and, and the day-to-day stuff, you guys were brought in by Mike Riley. Scott Frost comes in. Uh, what, what did he lay out as his, kind of his vision for the program and how you would operate on a daily basis, and how has that kind of come to fruition over these three and four years uh, that that you've seen it, it, it does it match pretty much what you thought you were going to get when he got here in terms of your day to day stuff? Yeah. So the number one thing he preached was that we have to have a player led locker room. Um, that it's our team. Yeah. Um, and that they could say all the right things, but we ultimately have to hold ourselves accountable. And um, I mean that right there has had its ups and downs. Um, because leaders who emerge then seemingly leave. Yeah. Um, and then the next wave has to come in. So there's its challenges with that. But I mean, I can speak on this year right now. I know there's more, there's, there's men in the locker room that care, um, and that I care about on a personal level on top of as football players and as athletes. So, um, I dude, it's, it's, it's a good time to be a Husker, man. I'm, we're blessed. We're fortunate, man. We're, we're spoon fed things at times, but we also grind and we earn everything that we get. So. To that point, who do you feel like are some of the most vocal leaders on the team? And you can include yourself if you feel like it's maybe one of you guys. Yeah, I feel like Cam Taylor-Britt, um, Markel DeSmuke, Adrian, um, Stilly, myself, Cam Jurgens. Um, yeah, we got a good, we have a nice core group. And then our supporting players, man, like a leader has to know when to follow. And followers know, need to feel comfortable and by their leader. So it's like, it's not just a, it's not a one man show. It's like, it's, it's, we're feeding off one another. Very good. Well, you want to get to the lightning round? Yeah. You got you, a little you, bit of that. You can have some questions ready. If you think that's uh, something you want to do. 
you guys can give some give some uh, questions to to each other too. So I I've got a few. <laughs> Caleb, you can jump in if you've got some. Just do a little quick back and forth here. Uh, best music taste on the team. Dismuke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he do, he do be running the ox in the weight room. <laughs> if he if he gets a hold of it, everybody's good with that. Yeah, we're jamming. Okay. Yeah. Uh, guy, you would most want to have your back in a back alley fight on the team. Um, I'm gonna go with Damien Daniels. I'm gonna go with Jergens. Yeah. Yeah. Couple guys in the middle. Yep. All right. Who has the best logo that's been released so far? Oh, I mean, I so so <laughs> shout out uh old Winemaster. Yeah, he's been he's been scheming up some good work just as far as like lately. I really liked Logan Smothers he had. Um mm-hmm. I saw, but he's had some real good ones. Uh I like two AMs a lot. I honestly like Damien's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Damien's was tough, yeah. For Did- those who don't know, he's got a tattoo. Of that same list. Oh, it's based on his tattoo. On okay. His tattoo. okay. That makes it even cooler. With the pitchfork and everything. So it was dope. Okay. That's nice. I This might have been a university created one, but Cam, Cam Taylor Britt with the yeah. cam juice. Yeah. yeah. That's still a, that's still pretty good. Yeah, it is. I like that. Uh, funniest position coach? Oh, I mean, I think... I think it's T-Fish. <laughs> I think maybe, maybe G. Yeah. Um, Verduzco is hilarious. Yeah, they're all. I mean, we got. Verduzco has a real unique style yeah. of everything. Everything. <laughs> yeah. Sense if, of humor, I'm sure, is no different. If yeah. Held gets on a roll, Held had Held had the whole team rolling. Uh, one uh, one day when he had the floor in the, in the <laughs> team room, he he can get on a roll. Who on the team has the best impression of the coach, of any of the coaches? <laughs> Sheesh. Or do you or do you guys not do any impressions of your coaches ever? Yeah, we don't do that. <laughs> no? Nah. All right. This is being recorded, so I guess that's probably for the best. Right. <laughs> Come back next year, you can do it again. Right. Yeah. Uh, if you guys weren't playing football, what sport would you be playing? I love growing up with soccer. Um, okay. I played that from I mean since I was three until uh, through freshman year, and doing it with football was a little too much, but yeah. So have you been watching the Euros? I haven't. I'm not into it anymore, I guess. Oh, too much. Disappointing. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd hopefully be in the Premier League right now. And mine would be soccer, too. Yeah? Okay. Yep. Uh, your ideal sponsorship from either a clothing line or a restaurant or... Whatever. Yeah, Chick Fil A South Pavilion. Shout out, oh, Charlie. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Set you up for that one, right? Um, I mean, what I, you looking for? I've been I've been messing <laughs> with uh, lately. So I I have a new food place I like every every couple weeks. Um, I I get burnt out pretty quickly. But currently, I'm on the the Green Gateau. They've been uh, Green Gateau. All right. They've been, they've been nice lately. Now, and I feel like this is setting up as well. So pretty much Ben's answer is the only one that matters here. <laughs> We've seen it for the last couple of years, the chicken sandwich wars. Mm. Who's winning? Who, who's winning those right now? You know. <laughs> you know the answer to that question. I know your answer to that question. The answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, without a doubt, when Popeyes came out with the new ones, they were, they were hitting. Um, <laughs> I got a couple. I've heard as of late, though, they've kind of dropped off, and I'm not sure like if they've been putting a little less love into them or what, but <laughs> in the beginning when they came out, those Popeye's chicken sandwiches were hitting. 
that's 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 the important stuff right there. All right, we'll we'll get you guys out of here on this. Jojo Doman, Ben Stilly, uh, very kind to share some time in studio with us. What are your goals for twenty twenty one, team or personal? Yeah, man, I uh, tap into my teammates, feed off the love and the energy within the locker room and the stadium, and for this program, uh, really tap into our unlimited potential. Um, take it uh, game by game. Let's win one at a time, and let's surprise ourselves. Let's surprise this dang country. Let's surprise this conference. Like, I, I have no expectations because I, I, I'm looking to be surprised. Yeah, I think um, just as far as expectation-wise that we have for for ourselves or myself and and the, of this defense and of this team are high, and um, just living up to those expectations and living up to. Um, you know, playing to the best of our ability, um, whatever that level is, and just achieving that and feeling like we didn't leave that out there on the field. Very good. All right. That's Ben Stilley and JoJo Doman. Very kind of you guys to come in studio. Uh, we've got the camp next Saturday. It is at benstilly95.com slash camps. Boom. There you go. go. Nailed it. Uh, thanks a lot for the time, guys, and we will see you guys in 49 days out there at Illinois. You got it. 49 days. We're counting it down. All right. Back with more after this. More position preview with defensive line. uh, And we'll get to the Nebraska ball non-conference and transfer news. That's coming up here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio. 1499.3 KLIN. Huge thanks to couple of big guys jojo doman ben stilly just wrapping up their segments here with us this morning on the klin husker hour if you missed any of that you can always head over to the podcast page at klin.com we've got the facebook live going right now those are archived as well head over to the facebook page at klin huskers uh, if you want to see a little bit of that Uh, those guys going back and forth on the lightning round that was pretty fun Uh, and uh, a lot of insight into uh, what the defense is going to look like? It's going to be a uh, it's going to be a senior led group of black shirts this year, uh, and we're continuing the position previews this morning with defensive line. And I mean, Stilly obviously is is the leader uh, of that group. He's got the Nebraska ties being from Ashland. He's got the uh, he's got the experience. Obviously, this being his uh, sixth season in the program, and and he's he's. He's leading a, a group that is kind of coming into their own, Caleb, with uh, – they, they talked a lot about Damian Daniels. Uh, I don't think we said the name Ty Robinson that whole segment. They said, they said Ty did Robinson. Did they mention Ty? Yeah. Like, those are the three guys you're going to see the most, but they're building the depth, and there's definitely uh, – uh, that, that can be a strength of the defense, and that sounds crazy to say considering how much depth and, and experience you have in the secondary, which we just talked about last week. <laughs> I feel like that's going to be something we talk about each week on the defense. Yeah, because we we talked about the secondary. Now we're talking about the guys up front. Um, obviously, we had JoJo in here, but when we talk about linebackers, there's pretty decent depth at the linebackers. So that that's one of the things when you bring back so many super seniors, plus your additions as guys, whether they're transfers or guys that are new additions straight out of high school, mm-hmm. you have that depth build up. A name we didn't mention was Nash Hutmacher. That's right. Um, who I, I didn't ask him this, but best nickname on the team, Polar Bear. Uh, so, top. so you go through and uh, you've got all this depth on there. Which depth can be both good and a bad thing. Mm-hmm. 
the the bad part can be you've just got a bunch of guys that have stuck around and have not been successful. I don't think that's what we have with this depth. Obviously, the results on the field have not been what you would want, but you've got guys who have experience in the right places, and they're super athletic. Um, they're really good at what they do. And I think this is one where the depth is going to be an, an advantage now up front. You've got Ben Stilley there. But one thing that I think is going to help this defensive line out is something JoJo said when he was in here. The guys being able to rush off the edge. Mm. Because if you have edge rushers, what does that offensive lineman now have to do? He's got to be corner of his eye. Is that outside linebacker going to get me? Because as soon as that offensive lineman has got his head in too many places, Mm. your defensive line guy can be more disruptive going through the middle of there. And I think that was something... Ben, still he was talking about... Ty and Casey Rogers, and how those guys really should be coming along right up the middle. Mm. I'm excited to see what this group can do, but, and I know it's position previous, so we're going through just each group on their own. I think it's the tandems that work on the defense, the way it all works together that's going to make this defense more of a strength than just saying any single group has more depth than the others. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it definitely works together, especially, I mean, Outside linebacker, D-line. Yeah, having these guys in here is a a perfect example of that. What do you do that works, that helps everyone else out? Because if you've got a good edge rusher who can disrupt that offensive line just enough, and then you've got your D-lineman who's going to be disruptive going through there, well, that means that ball has to get out quicker. That's less time your defensive backs are on an island by themselves at times. So what are you able to do with your defensive backs? Well, you can maybe bring some of them in pressure and leave guys on an island and be a little bit more risky with, with your back end. There are so many things you can do, but it comes back to what you've been preaching for five years, is someone who can rush the quarterback off the edge. And that's one of those things that if you can get everyone working together, obviously there's schemes and and they're going to work together like that, but if they can work together and be successful, that makes your defensive line look really, really good. It makes your secondary look really, really good. Why has the secondary looked like it's been beat up? Because we couldn't get to a quarterback. Yeah. Like it, it all ends up working together, but yes, I do think those defensive linemen, if we're just focused on those guys up there, they have the depth and the experience, and man, they're big. Mm. Man, they're, they're like we could go to every position group and be like, well, they got big. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's definitely been a, a concerted effort across the board. No, and and I think to your point on on how if you get to the quarterback quicker, it helps the coverage. I think the biggest beneficiary of that on the entire defense is the guy we just had in here, and that's JoJo Doman. Yeah. Because he's so good at coverage, they usually will use him in that role. And they've had guys like Phil Darius Payne and Kate and Casey or Casey Caleb Tanner and uh, and Garrett Nelson. They've you've used those guys off the edge more. So they're not as good at coverage. But JoJo's a pretty darn good pass rusher in his own JoJo right. JoJo laid the wood when he got to co- the point of contact. And the Ohio State game comes to mind immediately. <laughs> yep. Um, so you, you, I knew you knew where I was going. Absolutely, absolutely. No, like he, if if you do have the ability to get there that quick, then you might not feel if you're Eric Janander, you might not feel as reliant upon JoJo Doman's coverage skills because. You feel like you can match up with the other pieces in the secondary and other guys in in, in the often the outside linebacker spots to to maybe cover yourself for not as long, 
if you feel like you can get there quick enough because you've got one guy off of this edge, you got that D-line pushing and doing their thing, you can use JoJo Doman in that pass rush mm-hmm. role more often if you feel like you have that, and I think they might. I know we're getting slightly away from the defensive line, but talking about a guy like JoJo, and because of his ability to cover and the way he's been used mm-hmm. in coverage, when he does rush, doesn't that feel like a cornerback blitz a little bit? I mean, it, yeah, because because bit. because really you're you're pulling a guy out of coverage to get into the backfield and be disruptive there. Yeah. He is that makes it such a weird hybrid role that you're not bringing someone necessarily off the edge who should be in coverage and weighs 20 pounds and is 20 pounds lighter. Yeah. You're bringing a guy who's supposed to be disrupting things at the point of contact and laying the wood not that our second not that the secondary doesn't uh lay the wood when they get there but jojo doman is a different animal there's a reason he's showing up on these lists um and i think what he's able to do helps out the entirety of that defensive line what this what those linebackers are going to be able to do helps out that defensive line um and i did like when they were going through and, and saying guys who are leaders you started with Cam Taylor Britt because we think that's pretty much where everything's going to start and have to come back to is Cam Taylor Britt and what he is as an athlete. Yeah. But, and to me, this shows the the type of not just camaraderie you have on a team, but the type of friendship to be sitting right next to a guy and say, he's one of the leaders. Mm-hmm. So for JoJo to say, Stilly and Stilly to say, JoJo, that, that tells me something about this team. Um, because you, you can. You can go through and name a bunch of guys that aren't here, but the wherewithal to just go, yeah, this guy next to me, this this is my brother on the field, this is, this is my comrade going through everything we're going through, he's one of the leaders that I look to. That that to me says something. Right. Yeah, no, there, there's a lot of leadership that you have uh, both sides of the ball, but espe- I mean, especially defense with you got four guys who are going to be on the field who are in there for that last, that extra year. Uh, Will Honus unable to do so with the injury, but it, it's it's not hopefully not going to hold that hold back some of the younger guys who don't get to play more this year. Mm-hmm. But you hope that you're able to maybe be in a position to you know maybe have a little bit of a lead late mm-hmm. in a game, which has not been a thing most times for <laughs> Nebraska lately. And then maybe you do get a chance to get those guys. Like that part of it can feed into the other. Like you can play better. Get a get a, in a better position in a game, have a couple score lead, and you can work some of those younger guys in late in the fourth quarter because the game's already in hand. Well, that I, that will help the development, even despite the fact that there's four roster spots on that defense being taken up by guys who could, you know, in any other year would already be gone. Right, and I mean that's that's what you saw over that that stretch run under Tom Osborne. Right. Like, like I, we we don't want to be the oh Nebraska fans are obsessed with the '90s. But here's the thing about the '90s and the '80s and the '70s is, if you got out by enough, your younger guys got in. You see it at D two football at the high school level. Mm-hmm. If you have enough guys out for football, um, maybe they're D one now. But if you got enough guys out for football at Kennesaw, and they're up by forty in the first half, guess what? Younger guys are getting in. And when those seniors that got you up forty graduate the next year. Those younger guys that got in more are going to put you up forty in the first half the next year. Yeah. It's just the way pro, like good programs work. Yeah. So that's something that this team needs to get to is that you can have that on field development from younger guys in less critical situations because you are up. And here's the other thing about being um, when you're up. What 
what did you do in NCAA football if you were up three touchdowns as opposed to one? Well, you're bringing a little bit more pressure. You you, you can play a little bit uh, more freely yeah. because, okay, if they do break one, we're still fine. You've got a little bit of a cushion. What's going to happen? Because we haven't seen this coaching staff really be able to do this or these players really be able to do this, have a healthy lead and be able to play a little bit more freely. Yeah. Everything has been, um, and it, because the margin of error has been so razor thin, they haven't been able to go out and do those types of things because every single moment is super critical, whether you're up, down, or tied, because one mistake changes the game. Yeah. One mistake, like uh, think the Illinois game last year. We knew 90 seconds into that game, it probably wasn't going to go well. Yeah. Well, 10 seconds into that game. It was, it was the first play on offense. Yeah, 10 yeah. seconds into that game. Because the margin of error was so thin. I think we might be getting that margin of error might be a little bit bigger because of the talent we have coming back on the defensive side and up front with guys like Ben Stilley. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. They're, they're getting closer, and I think you can feel that. Uh, and, and look, this is a similar conversation that I know a lot of people have every year. Um, but look, they have more experience now than they did before uh, at, at many positions, including some pretty important positions. So will that make a difference? There's only one way to find out, and we start finding that out 49 days from now. Uh, finding out this week, we know who Nebraska basketball is going to be playing in the non-conference. The whole schedule is set. We'll run that down, and we'll tell you who else is joining this squad. Another transfer in for Fred Hoiberg, uh, and a guy who dropped 43 in a game last year. We'll tell you who that is next here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. We're having a good time here on the KLIN Husker Hour. 49 days away from Husker football and 56 away from the return at Memorial Stadium. Oof, it, that is... <laughs> That is so exciting because, as you're hearing each day now, um, and you heard one, I believe, last hour, um, and you're going to hear it every day, our, our 50 and 50 feature um, brought to you by uh, Matt Talbot Kitchen and Outreach. And that's so much fun to be able to do that. So I'm, I'm always glad that we have that uh, that support there from MTKO because in features like that, I like the the numbers are a fun thing to go through and look at, and those, that's something that I've always been uh, like. When you're a kid and you're like, this number goes to this number, and this number can be attached to this number, and it becomes those like weird connections. Obviously, like yesterday, fifty years um, was what we were doing to number fifty, and that took us back to the seventy-one season, mm-hmm. the second national championship, the undefeated season, and you beat LSU. And there's some really cool undefeated th- and untied. Yeah. Because 70 was undefeated, too, but they had the one But tie. they had the tie, yeah. Right. yeah. Um, so you had the undefeated season, no ties, yep. won all the way through, had to have the fourth down touch, or fourth quarter touchdown drive to get back out in front. Um, Game of the today, century. Today with 49, you've got the uh, Mike Rogier's number of rushing touchdowns in his three seasons because he came from, uh, was it Coffeyville? Yep. Um, so... It's fun for me on some of these features and things that we're able to do. So we always like that those there, there is that um, that sponsorship and that that work from yes. local businesses that want to do that, um, like Matt Talbot Kitchen and Outreach, 
because for us, it's fun. We love Husker stuff so much, but there's not always the opportunity to be like, oh, here, here's this thing where there's the advertisement for us to go pursue doing some of this. There, there have been missed opportunities in some stuff um, in the past because there hasn't been uh, that advertisement part that would go with it. The last year, um, just as an example, was the 25th anniversary of the first Husker Volleyball Championship. But they're oh, just. Yeah. But things were obviously different last year, yep. and there just wasn't the opportunity for the the advertisement side of it. So we like when folks like MTKO come come out uh, because for us being able to dive into some of the history and some of the numbers, and um, I'm excited for people to listen to those features because now that we're past Independence Day weekend, it feels like we're into that preseason already. I'm I'm watching the Euros. Mm-hmm. I, I know. Stillian Doman aren't, but (laughs) you've got it's coming home tomorrow. Yep. Like so, you you go through and there are fun events, and you're going to have the Olympics coming up, and there's going to be some fun events. And I'm one of those, and I talked about it on LNK today with Jack and friends yesterday. Is that I am a big event type of guy. I don't always care who's in the Super Bowl, but guess what? I'm watching it. I'm watching the Olympics. I'm watching the World Cup right now. I've been watching the Euros. Hmm. Um. I've been watching the NBA Finals because that's crazy atmosphere with a couple of like teams that aren't there. And every one year. guy on any roster on either <laughs> roster that's even played in the finals before. Right. No championship. Right. Experience. So so you have these interesting big events, and especially the world events. I'm locked in on those. Mm. But here's the thing we're in Nebraska. So regardless of anything else going on in the world, we're into preseason. Like that that's just what we are right now. We are it's fall. It's getting real. Like, although, yes, this is summer, it's fall for us right now. And it's 49 days until the season starts. So I love being able to do these features. And I'm excited for folks over the next 49 days to, to hear those numbers, some of the things that we're able to dig up, some of the old radio calls we're able to pull up yeah. on some of this stuff. Um, there's obviously some things with Greg Sharp, but we get some pre-Greg Sharp calls. Yes. That that takes you back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's fun to be able to do those. I'm excited for people to to hear some of those over the next seven weeks. And then football. Yeah. Sweet, sweet football. Real football. <laughs> yes, listen to those. Caleb puts a lot of work into them. They're great. Uh, and not critical at all of your Rozier comparison or your Rozier uh, representation of 49. Uh, but 49, I believe, is also the distance that uh, the last play of the Ron Kellogg Hail Mary was. Yes, it was. 49 yards. Yeah, but I, that would be one touchdown call. Oh yeah, versus Rozier's I, got a lot. Versus, more. I could put, I could, I could, I could splice together a couple touchdown calls. Sounds a lot cooler with more <laughs> touchdown calls. I understand. I and understand. it's another touchdown. Well, and that's another touchdown. And and obviously that brings us to the the comparisons there that Tommy should have won a Heisman. Don't get me started. What what a snub. Don't the, get me the, started. The biggest Heisman snub in football, college football history. <laughs> so we got 49 days to bat to uh, football season. We got 122 days but who's to counting? basketball but season. But who's counting? But who's counting? There is uh, a non-conference schedule that is locked in. Ooh, you yes. have a couple of preseason games, if you will. There's a Peru State game, October 27th, and then a charity exhibition with Colorado, the Buffaloes coming to Pinnacle Bank Arena on October 31st, and then Western Illinois, Sam Houston State, uh, and then you get Creighton. Mm-hmm. It's a Gavit Games-represented uh, game there, so you're not getting a different Big East team. You're getting Creighton for that. Yeah, that's the Big Ten versus Big East conference yep. Yep. Uh, battle there. Right. Um, you've got a run of four straight non-power conference teams. 
Idaho State, Southern, Tennessee State, South Dakota. The last three of those, by the way, are the hosted multiple team event long, at, long at Pinnacle Bank Arena. I'm, I'm just going to call it the Golden Window. Absolutely. That's, a, that's right, <laughs> right over week of Thanksgiving. And then you have, now this is not just these teams. You're going to have a couple of Big Ten games mixed in here, but NC State, December 1st, that's the Big mm-hmm. Ten ACC Challenge. Then you're probably going to have a couple Big Ten games in that weekend. Yes. In that week. And then you're back to another matchup with a power school, and that's Auburn. Uh, of, and, of recent Final Four fame a couple Aub- years back. Auburn's pretty good. Yes. And they've got some dudes coming back and some guys that they've added. So That's in Atlanta mm-hmm. and at the State Farm Center. And then you get K-State. After that, they are here in Lincoln. And then Kennesaw State is the last so, tune-up. And then you get the real play. K-State. The real case. Hey, you just talked about Kennesaw. There's Kennesaw right there. Yeah, see, look at this. We know what we're doing. Full circle. Full circle. I don't think Kennesaw State though is the Blue Devils. No, I don't. I don't believe so. <laughs> so, so that's your non-con, and it's it's in advance now. It's it's more than two days uh, before the season. And, oh, like that was season. so frustrating. But so this is going to give Husker fans uh, a chance to kind of see. Look, they're going to get some games that you should hope they win. That they don't pull a. You know, Incarnate Word mm-hmm. or whoever. Uh, you got Western Illinois, Sam Houston, Idaho State, Southern Tennessee State, South Dakota, Kennesaw State. Those are seven non-power games. If you can get a couple of those other ones, maybe NC State, K State, uh, Creighton. I would. I mean, Creighton's going to be you know pretty highly thought of again, even though they lost quite a bit. But they're more Auburn gettable well. than they've been the last certainly, two years. Certainly, and it's just it, honestly, this whole thing comes down to how quickly does Fred Hoiberg mold everything together, blend all of the pieces, because they they don't have as much turnover as they've had in past years, but there are quite a few new faces who are, I mean, I think going to be pretty significant contributors. Right. Obviously, you've got... And officially, no Delano Banton. I, yes, I don't think we've said, is, we've, we've right, said that uh, right. explicitly here on this show. Right, yeah. He's, he's officially staying in the NBA draft. He had a really good uh, showing uh, with the G League warm-up, so he's gone. Uh, but you have... Obviously, Bryce McGowan's. Everybody's pretty excited about him. Five star coming in. Uh, you you get another few guys. I think who are going to be able to make an impact for you early. Uh, Kasey Tominaga is obviously he's going to be playing the Olympics. By the way, yeah, we're two weeks out from him playing yep. in the inaugural three on three events right. in his home country. Right. Um, and and he was a second team All American junior college. You hope he can come in and that forty nine percent from three can translate to Division one. Uh, Wilhelm Bradenbach. Uh, he could be another big piece, six foot nine, two ten. Um, but I know he's listed at six nine. But everything I continue to hear is he's actually like six eleven. Okay. Apparently he grew, but they're not listing it. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> usually you're at, usually you're exaggerating. It, yeah, that. usually it goes the other. They're like, no, no, no. He's only six nine. It's fine. <laughs> just, just keep this between. <laughs> just, you just and us. Guys. Just a little secret. Just, just us. Uh, and then you got C.J. Wilcher transfer over from Xavier. Yep. Uh, by the way, uh, his brother, much like Trey McGowan's, uh, his brother is a five star. So Simeon Wilcher, eight D chess from this coaching staff. I love it. Look at that. <laughs> Shannon Lamb is is celebrating. And then you got the the newest contributor, the newest player on this roster, and that is Alonzo Verge Jr. from Arizona State. Who, if you are a, just a, a passive follower of college basketball, you may have seen a box score from last season, uh, where he came off the bench for Arizona State. Only two other dudes on the entire team for Arizona <laughs> State scored. They lost by like forty. But Verge scored forty-three points off the bench. Only one of those was a three-pointer. Yeah, 
One and, for six from and three, thing, and he dropped 43 points. 43 off the bench, where for a guy off the bench, that's like top 10 in NCAA. That was against St. Mary's, by yeah. the way. Um, in a loss. Like, they yeah. needed every one of those. It's kind of like when Teddy Allen went off. Yeah. It was like Nebraska needed every one of them. It just ended up not being enough. Right. Um, but his 43, that ranks fourth all-time in single-game scoring history at ASU for a dude off the bench. So that tells me, and I said this yesterday on our morning show, that tells me he knows that he can go play a role. For yes. a, If a guy's willing to come off the bench, but he can go get 43, and he averaged double figures, tells me he can fit into a system. Yeah. And I like what he's going to bring to this team. He was the 2020 Pac-12 sixth man of the year as well. So not a bad guy to bring off your bench if you're Fred Hoiberg in the 2021-22 season. Yeah. that's uh, I'm excited for it. I think there, there's, there's a lot of ball handlers and a lot of scorers. Um, and I'm excited to see where Delano Banton goes also. Um, yes. There's a draft starting tomorrow. That's right. Spencer Schwellenbach is high projected as high as the first round. Wow. That would be huge for him, obviously. And and another one to watch, obviously, is Cade Povich. Right, right, right. He, he could be high, high enough to go uh, pro. And then keep an eye on Drew Christo. <laughs> he might go. And then uh, the other kid, I'm trying to think, Mason. Is that his last name? I think so. Um, there's there's some trepidation for there's where There's talent around Oscars this program go. is yes. what we're getting. yes. And uh, go ahead and drop to seven, Kumar Rocker, please, and thank you. <laughs> All right, wrapping up the show right after this, KLIN Husker Hour. Talking with current and former Huskers and those that cover the Big Red, this is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. Wrapping things up here on your Saturday morning. It was, uh, it was a short week for most this past week because you had the uh, 4th of July holiday. Right. Did, you, did you have a good time over the weekend? I did. I had a, I had a very good time. I was able to go visit my uh, my girlfriend's uh, parents. We were able to take Millie out there. Took Millie nice. up to uh, Mahoney. We saw my cousins and my cousin's little one who's like a week older than her. Yeah. Um, so that was fun to see. Um, right now, it's fun to uh, have my, my grandfather out in Tennessee. Edgar watching on the yeah, Facebook shout out Live. Ed Overby. So so yeah. there we go. You can get you can get uh, some of that action. That is a, a lot of fun. Uh, besides the uh, there's the draft tomorrow. We've got the NBA draft coming up, um, and next weekend. As a reminder, big thank you to both Ben Stilly and JoJo Doman yep. for coming in. Ben Stilly ninety five dot com slash camps. You can get all of your uh, registration information on there. Girls and boys, yep. ages 7 to 13. This is the cool part about the NIL era, and this is what Cole and I have been focused on. This is the part you're going to see 98% of the time, not the $10,000 deals. Yes, yes. This is the cool part where the NCAA has missed for decades. Absolutely, 100%. Great, great deal there. And glad you had a good weekend. My weekend was good, but two girls ran fevers, and my 7-year-old broke his uh, wrist. So we had different. Shout out Noah losing the rest of his baseball season. <laughs> we had different weekends. Yeah, he's all right though. Good. He's tough. All right, go get your shots. Go big red.